What up, guys? It's Darren, and welcome to ACE. This is the show that explores how to do your best work, especially if you're working on your own or you're pursuing an unconventional career path, an unscripted, uncharted career path. This week, I want to talk about Kobe Bryant and his Mamba mentality. As most of you know, Kobe tragically passed away in a helicopter accident along with his 13-year-old daughter and seven others. It was a real shock to the NBA fans worldwide and the world. There have been many tributes and people telling their Kobe stories, whether those are teammates or foes or coaches, all talking about his work ethic, how much of an inspiration he was, how he always strove for excellence. And it's been really touching to see so many tributes from both my friends and celebrities come in for Kobe. But I want to talk about something that I believe is missing or at least forgotten about Kobe's Mamba mentality. But let's first get to how Kobe described his personal philosophy, this Mamba mentality, which he actually wrote a book about. He said, to sum up what the Mamba mentality is, it means to be able to constantly try to be the best version of yourself. It's a constant quest to try to be better today than you were yesterday. How are others interpreting the Mamba mentality? I want to share a couple Facebook posts that I've seen from friends. Um, One reads, at this point in my life as an entrepreneur, I'm inspired by his unrivaled work ethic. It is a driving force in what I do professionally, and I try to follow it and preach it as much as I can. There's no shortcut to success. Work your butt off, learn to appreciate the process, hustle and grind to become successful and never quit. If I can learn to live life with the mama mentality, that would mean a life with no regrets. And a former basketball teammate of mine was talking about his favorite players, and he wrote, The player I would turn to when the chips were down and I needed strength was Kobe. His insane basketball skills aside, I always found great inspiration in his work ethic, never-say-die attitude, and dogged determination to always bring his A game, be it on the court, in business, or in his family life. The Mamba Mentality. These are all great things to take away. If anyone can inspire another to work harder, to enjoy the process of hard work, of getting better at something, of being excellent, that is an amazing legacy to have. And I certainly took that away from Kobe's example and and his philosophy as well. But I also think that we're missing a main part of the Mamba mentality. If the Mamba mentality means constantly trying and working to be the best version of yourself. Well, what is going to unlock that Mamba mentality? Let me have Kobe talk about this in his own words. When did you start playing basketball, and at what age did it become your primary focus? Um, You know, I was, I think I was born to play, man. I started playing at like two years old, and my father wasn't one of these fathers that was like, you're going to play basketball or, you know, he wasn't one of those guys. It was just kind of, I was just around the game a lot and uh, I gravitated to the ball and I was completely geeking out about like the smell of the ball and like the way it sounds when it hits concrete versus how it hits a parquet floor and like the sound of the nets and the different material of the nets. And, you know, there's certain basketball hoops, like in high school gyms and in college gyms, the rim sits slightly above the, the lower part of the backboard. And it was like, I was geeking out if I got into a gym which was like the NBA with the lower stanchion of the backboard and the, um, and the hoop were completely parallel with each other. Like, I, like little shit like that would freak me out. Like I, so to answer your question, I was born to do this thing, man. And, and I did it 
um, nonstop all day long um, from the age of two to when I retired, man. And it's interesting from the uh, you're from the movie and from what you say, it, it is as though you know when you fall in love with something, truly fall in love with it, you don't really have a choice. It chooses you, right? And then you sort of become you know indebted to that. So it's interesting to see it come out as a love letter because mm-hmm. no one probably would assume that that would be the way you would express it. Sure. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's you know, that's the trick, isn't it? It's, it's finding what you love to do. I mean, we talk about hard work all the time. It's like, you know, man, if you got to get up every single morning and remind yourself how hard you need to work, you probably need to choose a different profession, you know, because that shouldn't be there. I wake up in the morning excited to get to it. You know, if I'm not training, I'm missing it. If I'm not watching a game of basketball, I miss it. I'm, you know, there's no place I'd rather be. And if you have that feeling, then you're truly doing what, God has put you on this earth to do. So that's the trick of the mama mentality, isn't it? It's finding what you love to do. It's being aware of what chooses you. In fact, in Kobe's short film, Dear Basketball, which won an Oscar, this is how he describes his love for basketball. Dear Basketball. From the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. A love so deep, I gave you my all. From my mind and body to my spirit and soul. As a six-year-old boy, deeply in love with you. I never saw the end of the tunnel. I only saw myself running out of one. And so I ran. I ran up and down every court after every loose ball for you. You asked for my hustle. I gave you my heart. Because it came with so much more. I played through the sweat and the hurt. Not because challenge called me. But because you called me. I did everything for you. Because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. You gave a six-year-old boy his Laker dream. And I'll always love you for it. Finally, I want to share my favorite quote that I found researching for this episode. And the interviewer is asking him about how Kobe gets beyond limiting beliefs. How do you stretch your beliefs and make sure you are continually continually pushing the boundaries of your comfort zone and your capabilities? I just dream. I dream. I have dreams. And you know, dreams, is um, they should be pure. And I, I think a lot of times you know, when we're born into this world, we actually wind up going backwards. And it seems like the more we mature, uh, the more responsible our dreams become. And the more governors we put on ourselves and our ability to dream and to reimagine. And it's always a fight for us parents and, you know, and for you guys to make sure that your dreams always stay pure. 
And so it's not a matter of, of, um, of pushing beyond your limitations or expectations. It's really a matter of protecting your dreams, protecting your imagination. That's really the key. And when you do that, then the world just seems limitless. That's right. It's less about hard work and more about protecting the dream. I think this is what is so often missed, right, from the Kobe tributes and the Kobe reflections and the Kobe stories is that unlocking the Mamba mentality comes from doing something you love and honoring your dreams. That might not be the message our culture wants to highlight. You know, our culture that is obsessed with hard work and excellence. Yes, all those sports metaphors, trust me, they've helped me so much um, on my own journey as an athlete and as an entrepreneur. But foundational to Kobe's mama mentality and his obsession and his focus was doing something, finding something he loved to do so much that he couldn't stand being away from it. It would bug him that he wasn't working out in the gym in the wee hours of the morning. He couldn't stop thinking about it. In fact, it was almost natural to him. And it's kind of funny when you watch so many interviews of him and all these business-minded and success-minded and motivational-minded interviewers are all trying to find the key, the secret to you know what makes Kobe work so hard. And his responses are only a couple sentences long, if not one sentence. And it's simply, I was born to do this. I love basketball. It was all so simple to him in his mind. So I think the real question is, Well, how can we find what we love to do so much that the mama mentality just happens organically, that we just, we can't stop wanting to get better at whatever it is we're doing? I want to bring up five questions that could help us do this. The first comes from a great book that I read recently. It's called Designing Your Life, Building the Perfect Career Step-by-Step. It was written by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans, who are both designers. And in this book, they talk about writing down, you know, all the activities of your day and then imagining having two odometers to the right side of those activities. One is for energy and one is for engagement. And which activities of yours during the day is that arrow at the far right? What activities give you energy? What activities are you completely engaged in? And I think that's a wonderful place to start because we all have to start from from what we're doing now, right? We all can't just jump into pursuing our hobbies or passions full time. And for some of us, that's just not a realistic option. But we can be aware of those activities that give us that energy, that give us that engagement, and try to build more of those into our day, whether that's in work or in play, right? So I think that's one great question to start. A next question that I got from Kobe himself is someone asked him, yeah, well, you knew you wanted to play this game for the rest of your life at two. How can we discover this for ourselves and for our kids? And this is what Kobe had to say. I think as parents, we try to put them in different things, mm-hmm. try to expose them to as many things as possible, and then uh, see if there's one thing that connects with them. Mm-hmm. You know, because if it does, you don't have to tell them to do it, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's writing or painting or drawing. You know, if they have that passion, you don't have to tell them. They'll go off and do it because it's just fun. They'd rather do that than anything else. Mm-hmm. So, But as parents, it's our job to just expose them to as many things as possible and see which one they gravitate to the most. It's interesting because you, you talk about kids, right? Originally, we were talking about you. Now you're talking about your kids and their passions. Do you, do you kind of feel that passion for them and, and say, hey, yeah. let's go play some basketball or 
volleyball or let's go swimming. Yeah, you, we, we expose them to all kinds of, I mean, they play a lot of different sports. They do a lot of things creatively, you know, in writing and things like that and designing. And, and um, you just sit back and you just watch which one they move to. And then it's our responsibility as parents to try to set them up for success as much as we possibly can. Do you want them to play basketball? I want them to, to find whatever it is that they're passionate about. Like whatever they feel like their purpose is, then that's what I want them to do. So another way to phrase this is, what do you gravitate to when presented space, options, and freedom? When you're absolutely bored and have all the time in the world, and unfortunately that's not the case for most of us, but it was the case um, for many of us when we were kids. We were lucky enough to have that freedom where we didn't have to work. Well, what did you naturally gravitate to? For me, it was movement. It was sports. My mom always shares these stories of how she would go looking for me in the house and she couldn't find me. I would be outside hitting a handball against the wall for hours, literally three or four hours, just me and a ball. And that's when she realized, okay, I think Darren should be in sports. Or when you go to a mall, where do you naturally gravitate to? What stores give you energy and what stores sap your energy? For me, going to clothing stores, I just can't do it You know, after 15 minutes. It's tiring. Bookstores, on the other hand, oh my gosh, I could spend hours in a bookstore just discovering and looking at all these new books I want to read. My favorite place in the world, bookstores and libraries, right? So that's also very telling about where you gravitate to when presented options. Second question you can ask is, what can you not stand to be away from? And what seems like fun to you that's work for others? Maybe a 5 a.m. workout just sounds horrible, but for Kobe, he would look forward to it because he could learn new footwork. He could perfect parts of his craft, right? And I'm sure, yeah, some of those, I'm sure he dreaded going to them as well. But overall, he loved getting better. And that love for basketball drove him to do those morning workouts. The flip side of this question is, what is a part of you that never leaves? So my brother and I would always joke about my dad because if we were waiting in line at a restaurant, well, he would always start doing these air forehands and air backhands and swinging through the air and maybe accidentally hitting someone, you know, waiting in line. And uh, it was just a part of him. He was totally obsessed with tennis and now pickleball. What are you obsessed to do that never leaves you? And I'm talking here more about things that bring you joy as opposed to things that bring you stress. I'm sure many entrepreneurs can say, yeah, I'm always thinking about my business. Well, duh, that's just part of the game. What are the the generative, joyful parts of work or play that never leave you? What's your version of air tennis or air salsa in my case? Another question that I think is quite telling is, what are you obsessive about when it comes to details? For Kobe, that was the sound the ball made when it went through a net, the different types of basketball net materials, the feel of the ball in his hand, you know, the sound it made when he bounced it on concrete versus the hardwood floor, the different proportion of you know, where the rims were compared to the backboards, depending on which level of basketball competition you're playing. He obsessed over these details. He nerded out over them. In what areas of your life and of your work do you really nerd out over the details? I think that's a really great question to help you find what you're naturally drawn to, what's trying to choose you. Another way of looking at the same question is, what annoys you that doesn't annoy most other people? And here I'm thinking of my foodie friends. A perfectly good meal to me is lacking in so many ways to them. The color is off. They're missing this ingredient. It doesn't look nice. This meat isn't quite cooked in just the right way. That's very telling, right? When you're annoyed by the details of something that don't really matter to other people, that's a sign. 
And finally, I want to share one last question that has helped me. And that is, when you tell others what you do, are you genuinely excited? We can hide behind prestigious companies, prestigious titles to make ourselves feel better. But I'm talking about, can you say this type of work, whether it's prestigious or not, and be genuinely excited about it and not care what others think? That means you're probably doing something you were meant to do. I'm not saying this has to be binary and on or off, a hundred score or a zero score, but you'll tell over time, or at least I've been able to tell over time, what degree am I really excited about the work I'm doing versus what am I just saying to get this person off my back? (laughs) So I hope those questions inch you closer to what you're born to do, what you love to do. We all know people who are lucky to discover this early on in life as kids, But I would venture to say most of us are still searching for this. And I think these questions can help us get get us closer, can help us unlock our own Mamba mentalities. Because I think what's so often missing from the Kobe conversation is the importance of awareness and dreams and, and imagination. These things are as important, if not more important, than the hard work and the competitive fire and the maniacal focus. All those things spring from doing activities that, that choose us in a sense. That mama mentality for us is so much easier if we're, if we're doing the right things. That's what I believe is so, so missing from this conversation. So I hope this episode sheds some new light on, on Kobe and his mama mentality and how we can find work we love to do and make it a bigger part of each of our days. And we'll see you next week on ACE. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please press subscribe and leave us a review on your podcast app. It helps more people discover the show. Also, you can find all the show notes and links mentioned in this episode at upstartist.tv slash ace. That's A-S-E. Hope to see you there.